Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You're listening to the COB podcast here at Ausbiz. I'm your host for one-off occasions today, David Scott, <laughs> lucky enough to joined by Annette Beecher. Uh, look, March 22nd, a day of planking for the local market uh, at a historically pretty high levels uh, and uh, a pretty resilient performance, all things considered. Yeah, when you looked at it on a chart, we sort of had to tap it and hit refresh a couple of times. It uh, had a big, big tailwind up until, you know, from 10 to 11 and then just stayed there at plus 1% throughout the day is certainly a blue chip day i noticed that um like the asx top 20 is up like nearly two percent so mm. it was definitely a blue chip day and that and but the stability is quite surprising yeah i was trying to figure out it was like i thought was it was the market still alive was it still operating <laughs> but, uh, yeah in the <laughs> end it was, it was operating well it looked like it went to lunch very early and just stayed there <laughs> lots of liquidity maybe at that lunch but uh, yeah for me a story once again driving the gains material space energy space and financials yep we've got them and the market wants them even whether it was old or new i mean i was just looking the top 10 eight of them were resources of some stripes we ha- certainly had uh, the new ones or the lithiums line town uh is is very popular some of the old names such as bhp whitehaven coal managed a, a pip at the end and uh with that chatter about uh russia banning uh nuclear it looked had uh, Paladin was up double digit at one stage as well. So whatever it is, we've got it. Yeah, of course, a lot of uh, uranium has been held by Kazakhstan and Kazakhstan is essentially like another no, Russian state uh, just uh, in another form. And so that obviously made people quite aware of that. Another thing that's really interesting at the moment as well is what's going on in that crude oil space. So we saw the prices jackknifed higher again sure overnight. Did. And it's gone on again today, going to air right now, up about 3% for that Brent, uh, Brent crude price, pushing that 120 uh, buck per barrel uh no, that's at, uh, quite elevated levels this latest round of course is based off the potential that we might see the european union nations go and place an entire embargo on russian oil because that-, that that's almost the last one to fall isn't it because the uk said they were stepping away but of course it is europe who that have been relying on russia in terms of oil and natural gas come to think of it so it's it was certainly that was the 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 last domino to fall in that conversation and so yes i think woodside santos all the usual household names again on a tear today i think the uh, green on screen when it came to anything and all things energy was certainly the case yeah we had a great chat with heath moss on hlm investments today uh towards the close of the other session and uh, he went around the ground so it was a, it was a man of the match sure performance <laughs> uh managed to go and cover off everything so ranging from financials to like the energy space to material space and uh, everything in between and so named dropped like a social killer yeah i'll tell you someone else who name dropped uh luke larity from seneca he was uh in the studio he today. was in the studio oh, it was great to get some company in the studio on that nine o'clock this morning on that hour and 
he was actually a bit of a contrarian. Of course, we like contrarians here. So, of course, for every buyer, there has to be a seller. And he was starting to say the big names like BHP and Rio were overcooked. So he was actually looking to lighten up those names. So there's certainly lots of different opinions out here. The market isn't all one way. Yeah, certainly trading pretty strong at the moment. So maybe take a little bit off the table when mm-hmm. uh, no, uh, the sentiment is very, very high and uh, rotate into those areas of the market where it's pretty low at the moment. I can go. And Luke said, by the way, you've got to park it somewhere else. He's not a fan of cash. So keep that money working for you. Oh, really? Any tech names? Uh, I didn't recall hearing any tech names. Tech is certainly on the nose. We uh, It is, isn't it? So yeah. I, that's why I had to ask the question. It seems to be like that one area of the market, it was so hot. It was scorching hot. It was like the lithium hot uh, <laughs> not too long ago. And now all of a sudden it's ice cold. So you've got to go and ask a few people whether potentially it, uh, there might be a few bargains in that space. Uh, we also had a really good chat today with Dr. Suas Navak from Alan Gray. Talk about contrarian investors. Alan Gray, of course, uh, right up there. Uh, five stocks he went and gave. No, that uh, basically... Ones that have gone and missed the commodity rally unjustifiably. Ah, and also, the unloved. And also there's inflation uh, benefits, uh, benefactors as well that may be you know, being overlooked as well. So something for everyone in that space. And I uh, really enjoyed that chat. It uh, goes down to that next level kind of understanding and really helped to explain why that uh, no, they like these particular companies for what they have to offer. But uh, I have to say, I'll just, I'll just jump in there for a minute because I think of all the names we heard about today – one theme, no matter what the sector is, it's about pricing power. And we need pricing power in an environment with inflation and inflation expectations on a tear. So if you've got a company that can't keep up with these price rises, you're going to be in a pickle. Yes, that's exactly right. And, uh, margins are going to be squeezed for the time being and maybe also from the interest rate side of the equation. So let's get to what uh, everyone was talking about at the start of today's trading session, the, uh, the Federal Reserve. Oh, goodness me. So, well, <laughs> we, we've, we've started the conversation on the right tack then. Uh, so four days ago, went and uh, delivered a paltry 25 basis point hike mm-hmm. after keeping the foot to the, uh, to the, the floor when it came to uh, monetary policy easing for the better part of two years, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden talking about the need not just for 150 base point increase, but uh, no two potentially back to back, maybe even a string. Uh, what is going on with the Federal Reserve? Yeah, that was certainly the hot topic. You know, we were on early on this morning, so of course we're digesting that news overnight. But yeah, we we just ask, keep asking our markets guests. I mean, riddle us this: how how can the ink not be dry on a 25 basis point hike? Only a matter of a few days later to say meeting or meetings, plural, we need more aggressive hikes. So to me, that sounds like they, they didn't want to do 25. So maybe there were more Bullards out there because remember Bullard dissented. He, he looked for 50 and maybe a few more of them could have tipped him over by the sounds of it. Yeah. Uh, the thing that makes me all right is that this bank should have been pulling back six months ago, probably mm. arguably 12 months ago. This, this month we're talking about this, it's still buying assets as part of its still quantitative easing program. Can you believe that? It's, it's, yeah. it's mind-boggling. We've got inflation you know, running at multi-decade highs and they are buying asset purchases and they want us to believe and no one's really giving them enough heat in my opinion. They should be... No. Yeah, where, where are the financial market journalists over there? Like, seriously, I know our, our producers uh, have to listen to all these endless press conferences and none of them seem to hold these guys to account. And do we really need some sort of recession or demand destruction while we cope with these, you know, supply side issues? It's certainly a point of frustration. The curve seems asleep at the wheel and even equities to a degree are asleep at the wheel uh, as well. They've un- they're only just 
off their highs, really. Yeah, well, I get a sense that the, uh, the equity market and the bond market are probably a little bit sceptical. And I know that I know that sounds weird because the front end of the curve is, is really Very richly priced when it mm. comes to those participants of, uh, of those rate hikes. But I think there's also a degree of scepticism that the Fed will go and fold and go and do what it's done over the last cycles. But the, the key difference here is inflation has been let loose. It is... Yeah, it it's is. here. I the genie it, is I, out. I, I won't call it out of control, <laughs> but uh, no, they left the uh, stimulatory measures in place for far too long, given the fiscal settings of the time as well. And this is the payback. And my biggest concern is that uh, they're going to make one ginormous policy mistake here by keeping you know, policy far too stimulatory for far too long and then trying to slam on the brakes. Well, when you slam on the brakes, you lose control. And uh, I tell you what, you know, we're not going to know how this is going to go and play out for at least another 12 months. Uh, we could be you know, tightening uh, monetary conditions into a very, very ugly recession. So I hope I'm wrong, but uh, the Fed has made lots of mistakes recently, mm-hmm. hasn't been caught out for it. Well, let's hope they're not going to make another one here. But what's interesting, we posed that to all of our guests today, Scotty, let's face it, and quite a few people seem to think that the Fed knows what they're doing. They're not behind the curve. They're managing expectations. So there's, uh, it's, it's not consensus that the Fed is behind the curve and has a lot of catch-up to do. But anyway, uh, one excuse was, of course, the, the Fed doesn't meet monthly, so maybe they need to move quickly in within their six-week time frame. So that might be one of them. As we know, the RBA meets monthly, one of the few people left to actually do so. And speaking of RBA, apparently we're still ba- back on the patience and pervasive and persevering. I mean, I heard you guys say he's onto the five P's of psychology, but let's face it, the RBA is not for turning and we could be this having this exact conversation about the RBA in six months' time. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, clearly, uh, no, a lot of... Uh, no, no uncertainty out there being generated by central bank policy i described it on editor day as being from, you know, turning from patience to panic because that's what's come across you know so urgent is this need to go and address inflationary concerns all of a sudden uh, didn't seem that urgent uh, only weeks ago uh let's get back to some uh, some ideas out there in the marketplace uh look at my look at our stock of the day borrow mm. uh talking about margin pressures and the like from what i yeah. know uh, pretty much the other uh, start of this uh, podcast uh profit downgrade today a uh, guidance downgrade coming through markets uh, don't like that combination absolutely so I uh, look today, Koshi sat down uh, with two uh, gurus, Scott Phillips and the Motley Fool, and uh, also Howard Kilman from Team Investigo, get their views about Borrell and the problems that it's suffering when it comes to those margin pressures, whether it makes it you know, something to go and avoid or buy at the current juncture. Take a listen. Yeah, Koshi, pretty ugly update. Unfortunately, the news wasn't good across the board. Shares only down 3%. I first looked at that and thought, oh, well, the market's taken that pretty well. Then I remembered the shares have just about halved over the last couple of months. So high levels of debt are one. The other is businesses with no pricing power. Boral, unfortunately, is that sort of business. Very, very difficult to get pricing power with rising costs, as you mentioned. I don't love the business, mate. I just It's a really hyper-competitive industry. I think one best left on the shelf. Well, this company's return on equity has averaged about 5% a year for 10 years. That's neither... Uh, uh, good nor excellent. And return on equity puts a cap on your return. Now, Borel's earnings per share have been growing materially slower than our uh, minuscule inflation we've experienced up till now. So I hate to think what they're going to look like now that inflation is rising. So uh, definitely not a company that would enthuse our members at Team Investor. 
There we have it. Too hard basket. Uh, yeah, not enough return <laughs> on equity. So, yeah, borrow not going in the portfolio or being considered by the investment committee at this stage. Uh, Annette, uh, what is on the radar coming up? I know, Dessa, we're going to hear a lot more Fed speeches. Is that uh, on the money? Yeah, we do have some more Fed speakers tonight. And I think a bit later this week, we also get a lot of ECB speakers as well because uh, that lady went from not for turning to maybe we need to rethink interest rates. And of course, Scotty, let's remind our listeners that interest rates are still negative in Europe. They have to get them back to zero before we even talk about tightening. Yeah, deposit rate, what, negative 0.5%? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a policy normalisation. They get back to zero, I guess. Um, yeah, well... But yeah, very quiet on the data docket. It is all about the Fed speak this week. Yeah, and of course, what's going on in Ukraine at the moment, which obviously is still a very fluid situation at this stage. Uh, look, given the, uh, the what's going on with the Fed, I'm looking forward to our hearing Kenny Bolkari from Slatestone has to say he's <laughs> going to kick things off tomorrow uh, and I grab the popcorn that'll be worthwhile oh, in yeah. itself uh, looking across he, the he uh, is a cup of espresso in one go isn't he like he just wakes you up in the morning yeah look uh, I've got uh, Tim Davies from Holland Global uh, he went and came on and really interesting uh, talking about uh, you know, the environment we're in at the moment and ideas for investing so I'm looking forward to see what his updated views are given what's going on over the last little bit we'll also have a chat with Matthew Sherwood I should say from Perpetual and uh, Evan Lucas from InvestSmart to go and kick off the start of the trading day at 10 a.m. So that would be a good one. Yeah, sounds like a, a good way to get through the evening. Of course, put your feet up. We are always one headline away from being up or down. So we will bring it all to you from 8.30 tomorrow morning. So stay tuned. Looking forward to it. We'll see you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.